Good evening, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter on my personal account at HLLivingLoco, and follow our podcast Twitter account at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you haven't done so already, be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Google, Apple, Spotify, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. On tonight's episode, the Winnipeg Jets are finally back. Last night I was actually at a concert, so I missed their very first game off of the break, which was against the Boston Bruins. And from all accounts, it sounds like it was actually a pretty decent game. Uh, Even though the Jets lost 2-1, Winnipeg apparently put up a real tough fight. I, I guess you can call it a moral victory. The Jets have played some more competent hockey on and off in between some of these really bad performances. It's it's a little bit rare, but every now and then the Jets can look like a respectable NHL team, which is how they should be playing in the first place. But, you know, we obviously have come to expect a lot of things with a squad that are quite the opposite of playing competent hockey. Uh, apparently there were quite a few fights and things going on too. Uh, some real nasty hits, a lot of fisticuffs thrown, very gritty, ugly game, and the scoreline was kind of weird because it, I think it was almost all power play goals. Winnipeg's own special teams kind of collapsed and cost them the game, and then Tuka Rask doing well on all the other situations made sure that the Jets only recorded one goal off of Patrick Line. Kind of unfortunate, but whatever, what can you do? Like I've said before, I'm pretty okay with the Jets losing games as long as they play fun, exciting hockey and make a game of it. If they play like this boring trap crap that they've been doing for months, yeah, I don't really want to watch that. But if the Jets play exciting, even hockey against really good teams and it still results in a loss, then I can at least be comforted knowing that they tried their best and did exactly what you would want to see this team do. Getting one step closer to like a higher draft pick also doesn't really bother me because, well, Winnipeg's prospect cupboard is not as as full as it used to be, especially as far as forwards are concerned. If, you know, Winnipeg misses the playoffs this year, it wouldn't be the worst idea to make sure that they kind of spiral a bit more in the standings and and get a higher pick because the top of the 2020 draft class is pretty decent to say the least. That said, before we get that far ahead of ourselves, the Jets still have quite a bit of uh, work to do heading up into the rest of the season and tonight they resume their schedule uh, on the back end of a back-to-back, this time against the St. Louis Blues. The Blues are currently leading the Western Conference and I don't think it's all that close, although St. Louis over the past few weeks has kind of fallen off a little bit uh, out of their last four or five games, they've lost almost all of them, save for one. So things are, are, you know, not exactly perfect with that team. They're still very good, and they've built enough of a safety net where losing some games here and there, not really a big deal for them. It's not like anyone in the West is probably catching up anytime soon. Certainly not in the Central Division, that's for sure. I'll admit that the start of this game was a little bit nervy because the Jets kind of looked a little slow right out of the gates. I mean, it looked like a team that had just played last night against a pretty nasty, hard-fought Boston Bruins squad. So I was kind of like, ah, you know, maybe they're going to struggle tonight. But after a while, the Jets kind of grew into the period. And actually, the Jets put on a pretty decent performance. Overall, like, the first two periods of this game were very solid as far as the Jets are concerned. They attacked the central slot area, they created some decent offensive rushes, they actually had real offensive breakouts out of their own zone. I liked what I saw. We had a Sami Niku assist on a Jack Roslovic goal. Roslovic also scored a brace, he had two goals on the night, and both of them were pretty decent. One of them was a nice cleanup effort on a rebound, I think, from Bennington that got kicked out. And then just a couple minutes later, towards the end of the second period, Andrew Kopp had a nice little wrister that I think Bennington just didn't really see, but Kopp totally earned that goal. I thought throughout the game he was one of our best skaters. It's clear that he's probably ready for a second-line center role. I feel like he's 
Um, he's a top sixer, and the way that he creates space with his forecheck, he's got great vision, great passing, and I feel like if the Jets are seriously looking for another center, just promote Cop. See what he can do. Whenever he's been in the top six unit, he's usually been pretty effective. You know, as much as I enjoy Adam Lowry, I think that we all know that when he's healthy and stuff, he's not really a top six forward because he just doesn't really have the hands to do it. He can create the space and is a bit of a wrecking ball around the net, but Lowry's not exactly um, a finesse kind of player where you can expect really good distribution on your passing and a lot of sharp vision. It's not that Lowry's a bad player, it's just that he's more suited to sort of a grindy, heavy forechecking role rather than a skill-based second-line deployment. Cop, though, I think he's got that extra bit of skill to really elevate his game, and he has a great shot, he's got good passing, good vision, he's got good decision-making, good edge work. I mean, he's just a really well-rounded offensive forward, and if you put him on that second line and you make him your center, I think you're going to see really good results again. Admittedly, after those first two great periods, the Jets did get a little bit uh, loose and lax towards the end of the third period. They started letting the Blues kind of walk all over them, which is not shocking. I mean, they were up 3 nothing at this point, but that 3 nothing lead evaporated very quickly in the back half of the third period. In just a couple of minutes, the Blues had clawed back two quick goals and were threatening to do a lot more than that, which was, you know, for me, I was kind of like, uh, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't really thrilled with that prospect of losing. Uh, every now and then, it's nice to see a win. I, I hate seeing the Jets lose. It totally sucks. Yes, I, I would think that the coaching staff does need a change, but I don't want them to constantly lose and suck, and that's how it all pans out. You know, I, I love the Jets, and it sucks seeing them struggle, so it's nice to have some rewarding you know, gameplay and, and some real quality stuff from this team because we know that they're capable of it. They've shown it to us before. It's just that replicating it on a pretty, re you know, regular and consistent basis for the squad has been really difficult. So it's kind of cool to see them have a couple of decent games, get a win out of it. I think the Jets are probably, you know, going to have a rough time making the playoffs at this rate. They're still three points out of the first wild card spot. Uh, sorry, four points three points out of the second one. And honestly, I just don't expect the Jets to win that many more games. Um, there's just been a lot going on with this team, and I think that there's probably a lot of guys who aren't happy with the direction the squad has taken. They've looked more like an NHL team recently, but it's still not the greatest situation. Speaking of not the greatest situation, man, I just looked at the standings for the West, and it's an absolute mess. Um, You've got Calgary, Arizona, Chicago, Winnipeg, Nashville, Minnesota, San Jose, Anaheim, and Los Angeles all either tanking out of it or trying to get to that, you know, hollowed wildcard ground. Chicago just beat Arizona in a 3-2 uh, shootout, so they had to split the difference on that one, which is kind of a, a bit of a rough ride for the Yotes. They definitely weren't all that great from what I hear, and now they're just barely clinging on to that second wildcard spot while Chicago has two games in hand. Winnipeg's got one game in hand, but I also would not count on the Jets pulling that closely in. I mean, the fact that the Jets and the Blackhawks are like 25-21-6 and 26-23-4 and are still within shouting distance of the second wildcard spot just tells you how bad the Western Conference is this year. It's been a real mess, and like the Preds aren't that much better either. Minnesota and Nashville are both playing pretty decent hockey, but they're still kind of uh, a bit of a ways back. Nashville's only one point back with a couple games in hand, but they have a lot of work to do if they want to catch up to Arizona. Um, and frankly, they have to pass quite a few teams to get to that second wildcard spot, so it's going to be a bit of a dogfight. At this point, I would probably count the Jets out of the playoff race, but we'll see. They're always going to be in it, I just don't think that this team is capable of sustaining uh, good quality play for any longer stretch. Um, and, like, you've got teams like Vancouver that are 30-18-4 because of the Pacific Division being kind of a dumpster fire, so 
I don't know, man. The Western Conference this year is just a, a bit of a trash dump. I really don't care for it. Uh, you don't really have any clear Stanley Cup contenders out of the West other than maybe like Vegas and the Blues. In additional updates for the Jets, uh, it has been revealed that Dustin Bufflin is probably not playing for the rest of the season, which I think most of us already knew at this point. Uh, Bufflin hasn't been around for a while. I'm not even sure if he's been practicing. It doesn't sound like he's been skating. Elliot Friedman said he thinks that his season's probably going to be done, and that further clarity will be officially announced within the next couple of days or weeks. I've already figured Bufflin out for a lot longer. I just don't think that he's ever going to play for the Jets again, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he just retires at some point because he's logged a lot of miles on his legs, and frankly, he doesn't have to play in the NHL anymore if he doesn't want to. It's kind of hard to get a read on the situation, but if I were him, you know, it, it's totally cool to walk away from the game if he feels he's done and, and had enough of it. The challenge then comes in figuring out what exactly Winnipeg is supposed to do to replace him because, frankly, there is no replacing Dust Dustin Bufflin. He's kind of a singular player in this league in the way that he plays, what he brought to the Jets, and really what he meant to this team's spirit, morale, locker room, and the overarching community. I don't know, it really can't be overstated. He's not exactly a face of the franchise in the same way that, like, you, you might say Patrick Liney is, but as far as I'm concerned, he really is one of the true faces of the Jets that I will always associate with this team. He plays so unlike any other defender or even skater in general, and I just, it's going to be hard not having him around. And honestly, I don't really know what the Jets are going to do to to find a, a suitable, competent replacement. The Jets are kind of short on right-handed defensemen in general, and all of their prospects are probably not ready for NHL time yet. A couple of them should see a few games at the end of the year if the Jets are still kind of... Um, piddling around and not really in a playoff spot. If they're in the playoffs, I imagine the Jets are just going to keep running the NHL roster that they've got now, but I'd still like to see a couple of these guys and see what they're capable of. Leon Gavanki would be cool. Jonathan Kovacevic would be cool. Um, we're already pretty thin as it is, and, you know, with Pullman out, uh, Kulikov has missed some, missed some time. We're stuck with Boteto and Sabisa for, for, you know, quite a long time. Morrissey still doesn't look right. This team's defensive unit is, is in shambles right now, and we we really need some kind of reinforcements, but I don't think that anything's going to be available on the on the trade deadline uh, block that I'd, I'd really want to see the Jets trade for, other than maybe like a Colin Millery type. Um, so, yeah, Winnipeg's kind of in a weird spot. I mean, they're not good enough to make the playoffs, at least, you know, in a, a firm position. They're not bad enough to tank for the first overall pick, even though they play like it sometimes. And they still have a really talented roster that needs defensive help and some systems adjustments. Bufflin being out, in my opinion, doesn't actually change all that much for the Jets, other than just giving them clarity on what exactly the financial situation is going forward. I feel like we all kind of knew secretly that Dustin was probably done in Winnipeg. Um, I know that they were talking about rehabbing that relationship or something, but I'm pretty sure that that was just PR work. I don't think the Jets are, are really intending for him to come back. My feeling is that they've had a bit of a messy divorce, and that's just going to be the end of it. So as much as it sucks, the Jets are kind of stuck, and uh, they're going to need some defensive help from somewhere. They could theoretically try a few different trade packages for guys with term and try to adjust, address some team needs, but like if they traded Jack Roslevic or something for, I don't know, Adam Larson, I wouldn't really be thrilled with that. If they got like Adam Larson and Yesapuya Yarvi in that deal, well, okay, we're talking now, but... Beyond that, I don't know. I'm just not really thrilled with any of the options. You know, Dylan DeMello's name came up, and DeMello's fine. Uh, Ristolainen's name also came up. That's going to be a hard no for me. I have no interest in bringing DeMello in. 
Um, some people have talked about Anthony D'Angelo, and I can tell you I do not need another Brendan Lemieux. Absolutely not. That's a no for me. Hard pass. As far as other defensive players are concerned, there's just not a whole lot that's available. Uh, Winnipeg is kind of in the position of just sort of needing to ride this out. If they can make the playoffs with the squad that they've got, more power to them, have fun, at least make a go of it. Maybe you get a little bit further than you thought. Maybe you somehow magically stumble into a cup. Who knows? As far as I'm concerned, the Jets are basically what they are, and it's not going to change anytime soon. With Bufflin's money coming off the books after this, I could imagine some moves that the Jets make down the road. Maybe they try to bring in a free agent of some sort like Jake Muzzin. I would prefer that they skew younger in this respect, and I feel like if they're going to if they're gonna bring guys in who can anchor their blue line, make sure these are guys that can become part of your core for a longer, a longer time than just a couple seasons or two. Um, I'd rather have uh, a much younger player in the vein of somebody like I don't know. Miller is not really all that much younger. He's a few years, but he could be at least, you know, a four or five year kind of guy. Um, or if they could, if they could find a way to lure a guy like Evan Bouchard out of Edmonton, if if Bouchard's not in their long term plans and the Jets are willing to pay up, that'd be an option. Calgary certainly has a glut of D that the Jets could maybe take a look at and see if if there's a workable trade there. There are definitely options for Winnipeg to consider. I just don't know which one they should actually take. And frankly, I. I don't know if it's really worth it this year. Um, Winnipeg is in the position of of pretty much being on the fringes of playoff competitiveness, but the reality of their underlying numbers looks a lot worse than that. So it might just be better for them to sit on their hands, kind of wait it out, see if any deals surface that's you know actually worth considering. And if not, that's fine. Just keep what you got. You've gotten this far on the back of Connor Hellebuck and some lucky goal scoring. You know, I don't know what else to say for this team. I mean, they're kind of bad i think that they are still within shouting distance of the playoffs but like you look at their last 10 games they're three seven and oh that's pretty rough even if they played competently it's obvious that they're going to struggle to get wins here so yeah it's going to be a tough road for the next few weeks and, and months you know what isn't tough though advertising with locked on podcasts if you've been a listener of this podcast or any of our other affiliate stations you've probably heard about all of the great advertising opportunities currently working with locked on to reach sports fans around the world but what you may not know is that Locked on Winnipeg Jets is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Winnipeg Jets fans who are just like you. Unlike any other podcast out there, Locked on gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners on a regular daily basis. These aren't just any podcast fans, they're Locked on listeners. If your company who wants to connect with Winnipeg Jets fans who are predominantly male, well-educated, and with disposable income, then please feel free to get in touch. Local fans love supporting local businesses, and we want to get the word out for you. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockdownpodcasts.com slash advertising and give us a shout. Our team will work with you step by step to achieve the greatest success in locked on advertising possible. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockdownpodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Looking ahead to the Jets' schedule, Winnipeg has quite a few very important games coming up in the next couple weeks. This is basically going to decide their season, whether they're going to make the playoffs or kind of slink back into obscurity as far as the playoff chase is concerned. Winnipeg's next game will be at home on Tuesday against the Nashville Predators, and then they will take on the St. Louis Blues on the road on Thursday. Their schedule does not get particularly easier after that. They do get a, a nice layup against the Ottawa Senators, who are not particularly good but have embarrassed the Jets in the past. And then they have the Blackhawks, Rangers, Sharks, Blackhawks again, Kings, and the Sens, all within the span of 
the first half or so of February. There's a lot to unpack here, but I think the most important games are probably going to come against the Blackhawks and the Preds because those are the two teams that are either chasing the Jets or right above them. So Winnipeg has a chance to either, I don't know, gain some ground and try and put a little bit of distance between them and the teams that they would be occupying the wildcard spot from. That is, should the Jets actually manage to pass them and the Blackhawks stumble for some reason, but they could also put a little bit of hurting on, on Nashville's chances of clawing back into a playoff race. After this kind of long home stretch, the Jets then have to take on the Flyers, Sabres, Caps, Caps, Oilers, Sabres. It's a pretty busy end of February and into early March. I think the Caps games I would pencil as losses, uh, just because the Caps are a true Stanley Cup contender. Very good team with a lot of scoring talent. I've talked about some of their guys like Jakob Vrana before. If you know me, you know that I get to watch a lot of the Caps these days, um, since they're my local franchise team. But I I think that uh, Winnipeg has a really uphill battle to try and, and earn a wild card spot. So like I wouldn't be shocked if if this stretch kind of puts the nail in the coffin. And I don't think that that's necessarily a terrible thing. I just think that with all, with all that the Jets have gone through and the quality of play not really being um, amazing, uh, they've been decent past couple of games, but I wouldn't say amazing. I, I wouldn't be shocked if this is kind of the part where they sort of collapse and, and sort of the, the season slips away. And the thing is, is they might actually be playing decent hockey. It's just not going to be enough to get them over that hurdle. I think, though, it's going to come right up until the trade deadline until they know exactly where they stand as far as this team's future situation is concerned. I think Winnipeg is going to probably be around 500 over this over this next couple of weeks, uh, and I don't think that they're going to really rise above it that much. If they start winning games and, and stringing together some victories and playing competent hockey, and then they think that they should be buyers... Uh, I don't really know if that's going to be the right option, to be honest. Maurice already didn't use one of our biggest deadline acquisitions all that much last season, so it's not like I'm keen to see him find another Kevin Hayes and then just sit him on the fourth line for most of the most of the playoffs and end of the regular season. So, um, as far as rental options are concerned, I mean, there's Pajot, but Pajot will be expensive, and everyone will want him because he's a very good top six forward. That dude is like a defensive zone workhorse, and yet he's able to create so much offense for the, for the Sens, and I feel like even though his shooting percentage is really high, I also don't think that he is that bad of a player in terms of actually scoring points. If he came here, he'd automatically be our second-line center. So, you know, he is a legitimate option if the Jets want to boost their forward units because they know that the defensive options are going to be pretty poor. But again, he'll probably cost a lot, and I don't think that the Jets are really in a position to be um, parting with their first-round pick this year. It's not like they are in a particularly terrible position, you know, prospect-wise, but they certainly could use uh, a higher first-round pick this season with the top of the draft class being as pretty decent as it is. Um... And then the defenders on the market aren't very good. So the Jets have very few options, generally speaking, and I feel like that's going to limit how much they can actually improve externally. If the Jets are going to make the playoffs, it's going to have to be internal tactical adjustments and some of their prospects from the farm teams coming up. Um, What happens with Dylan Sandberg at the end of the season, if the Jets, say, are in a playoff spot and they manage to sign him, could actually have a tangible impact on this blue line. I don't know if he's going to be ready for NHL time immediately, but if he does play competently, the Jets' defense will massively improve just by his his sheer presence alone. Uh, and you know, obviously, Vili Heinola won't be won't be out in Liga for too long. He really needs to come back state or to North America and 
start making NHL contributions again because he's he's probably ready for that. Aside from that, though, I just don't really know what the Jets can do to actually get things going and, and not really have internal adjustments. I think that the tactical changes and talent from the Manitoba Moose would be the difference makers for the Jets, not anyone that they're going to pick up on the trade deadline. But we still got a few weeks to wait. The Jets are going to have to string together some wins if they want to make the playoffs or if they just can't and get over this hump, you know, that's, that is what it is. Uh, we can look forward to the prospects that are going to be coming um, in this upcoming 2020 draft instead. So that's all I've got for you guys tonight. Thanks again so much for listening, and as always, have a great night. Go Jets, go.